This is the Do Weekly Podcast, a weekly challenge podcast for small business owners. <sighs> Bye, small business owners. Hey, Natalie. You seem a little rough today. Alex, you seem a little upset, too. A little pissed off today. Yeah, me too. I'm a cranky pants. You are very cranky and I don't normally see you cranky. I'm a little annoyed. Only a little? (sighs) Only entirely annoyed. Dear listeners, Natalie and I are both pissed off. Yeah. So yeah, we're both in kind of a foul mood. Yeah. I don't like JavaScript or you or the WordPress REST API or puppies. You know what? I was with you until you said REST API. You know what? Here here it is, folks. When it gets right down to doing something that you've been putting off and putting off and putting off, and then you're like, you know what? Today's going to be the day. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do this, and nothing's going to stop me. You drop everything. You start doing the stuff. You start knocking stuff out, and then for each thing you do, you find two other things that you have to do in order to complete the other thing. Uh It's like some fucked up role-playing game, right? Like, you, all you role-playing game nerds out there, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I'm going through town, I'm like, hey, I'm on a quest to save this person. And then some crotchety old guy says, I can help you save this person, but first I'm going to send you on a wild quest to retrieve all of this shit that doesn't matter to you so that I will help you. And then I just get into it. And then before I know it, it's a couple hours later, and then it's time to do this podcast, and then I try to finish the thing, there's like a glimmer of hope, I see the finish line right there, Natalie, I fucking see it. And then, and then, mm, fucking Facebook says your account's temporarily locked, and I'm like, just so close to taking this fucking laptop and eating it, and then pooping it out. Because I'm so frustrated, and I know that we already have the parental advisory thing, and today it's definitely worth it. I figure it's probably a good idea to let you know if you have kids, don't play this episode. I think it's a little late for that. We're a little far gone now, so Natalie, I'm pissed the heck off. Me too, I want a punching bag. Look, I didn't complete this week's challenge. No points for Slytherin. No points for House Slytherin today. I was slacking on it because I knew that I was going to do a Facebook ad set, and I've been putting this off for a little over a year. It's been a while since I've done a campaign for a client, and then you know I was gonna I was gonna do this proper for myself, and I just kept on running into roadblocks. So the only thing I'll say that I did accomplish is I got myself locked out of my Facebook account. So I'm very proud of myself. To be fair, though, Alex, you did do quite a lot of work for this challenge. I did. What I will tell you, for the challenge last week, if you recall, it's to create an ad campaign. Just a simple ad campaign for your business. And for me, what I was going to do is a Facebook ad campaign with a simple split test. So two ads running to see how they perform against one another. With the ad campaign, I'm targeting women, business owners, millennials. So basically 22 to 36 is the range of business owner, founder, personality I'm going for. 
Don't ask me why I chose that specific segment. It just seemed like a good one to try. I put together the ads and I was having some problems uh, because there was an issue with my Facebook's uh, page not being linked to my Instagram page and only to find out that I was not using the, like, the correct... I had to create a, a new account, basically, to get around this, and at which point I got locked out. I'm staring at the Facebook screen, Natalie's staring at it with me, with the victorious message that you're locked out. But um, in addition to the ad campaign, though, in addition to the ad campaign, I did create a landing page and the landing page is basically just, you know, it's just a squeeze page that talks about the service or the, the, the productized service that I'm offering. The idea is to do a, a one-day, one-on-one workshop with me. And this is something that I kind of do every week with small business owners. I don't do a whole day thing. I just do it for an hour at a time. And in an hour, you can't do much. What I can do is I can evaluate a website, we can do some basic competitor analysis and things like that, talk a little bit about content structure, and then I send the, the business owner on their way, and maybe they come back, maybe they don't, but you know, with the people who do come back, you know, I'm able to coach them to a point where they've got like a solid presence. So I wanted to take that, condense it down to one day, and charge a flat fee. Really, you tried to go above and beyond for this challenge because you created a whole new productized service just for it and then built a whole landing page, which I saw, and it's pretty extensive. It's not something you put together in 10 minutes. It's quite long, and it has a lot of information on it. And the only place that you got held up then was after you did all of that work is trying to actually get the ad campaign running. Freaking Mark Zuckerberg people. <laughs> Maybe he can be the punching bag. Yeah, I mean, thank you for that. However, look, the rules are the rules. I did not complete the challenge. And I walk, I walk the shameful walk. I walk as Cersei did in Game of Thrones. So... Are you going to walk naked? Um, I mean, I'm not Please trying... Don't. I'm not trying to get arrested tonight again. You know, I'm just, look, man, I'm just doing my thing here, putting in my time, and Natalie, I owe you. So how would you like repayment? I mean, I kind of feel bad at making you pay up for this because you did so much work. Again, thank you, but you know what? My harshest critic is you. Here it is, I didn't, I didn't complete the challenge. And I feel like, given our rule set, like, you were hospitalized, yeah, allegedly. that's true. That's you, true. You were, you were hospitalized. You made me bake cookies. You know, I made you bake. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, no mercy. Um, so, Natalie, I expect you to say, uh, no mercy here. Yeah, no mercy, Alex. I want some cupcakes. You want some cupcakes? Yeah. I will deliver to you the bestest cupcakes that the San Gabriel Valley has to offer. Okay. All right. So okay. there's some pretty good cupcakes around here. There, there, there are, there are, and I will, I will make that happen, and you will have fresh, delicious cupcakes delivered straight to your face. 
for this year challenge. Uh, for next week. So, anyway, I didn't finish it. Well, I did, but... And I feel kind of bad saying I did because I did such a simple little thing. Well, again, this was supposed to be a simple thing. Now, oh. to be fair... <laughs> now, 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 to be fair... You did make it a lot more complicated than it needed to be. Well, you I didn't only, keep it doable. Well, I feel like I, I did only because the... the the thing that I was doing, like, I already put in place the thing, like, the landing page, the structure was already there, the content wasn't there, you know, like, the, the content needed to be written, but I already had, like, a basic structure for it, and this is something that I've been wanting to do, so this was definitely a back burner item that I had planned for. Okay. So, I was trying to take it off that back burner, and, because there was a lot more that was already completed with it. So you just saw this challenge as like an opportunity yes. to kind of push this over the finish yeah. line. And I think once I get through uh, unlocking my account and, <laughs> and, and unfucking myself, I'll be, able, I'll be able to run these ads and then report back next week on, on the ad campaign. It's just kind of a follow-up. Okay. Well, that sounds good. So why don't you tell us all what you did? I did the simplest little thing possible. I think I got confused earlier and said I did a Facebook thing, but I did a Twitter thing. Yeah. And I just did the thing to get followers, and I've gotten two new followers so far. And um, so you got two new followers. Yeah. So what was the overall thought process behind it? Like, you're you're trying to get followers. What are you trying to get followers for? What was, like, a, like a follow-up to that? You know? Yeah, so the reason I went with that was because I didn't have, like you have here, like a certain thing that I wanted to promote. So I didn't have a certain product or service in mind that I wanted to announce to the world. I didn't feel like there was anything I could promote in a single post or ad that yeah. I could talk about. But I thought a good thing to do would be to get more followers for my accounts. And I think you could do something similar on Facebook, can't you, to just get more likes on a page? Yeah. Like the point of your campaign can be to get more likes. So my thought was, because I didn't have a specific thing to promote, well, having a bigger audience is always a good thing. Or whatever comes, you know, comes along in the future. The bigger an audience you have, I feel like the less you have to spend on advertising because you're reaching more people. Yeah. So that was my thought because I didn't have a specific thing to promote. I thought, well, let me just work on run a little campaign to help build up my audience so that when I do have something to promote, I have more people who are listening. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so that that's a yeah, so totally an awareness campaign and and those things are smart too. Like, and a good follow up could be like a retargeting or a remarketing campaign. And you know that that's just because. You may not want to overwhelm someone right away with like, oh, hey, I'm selling shit, you know, click on me. So when someone follows me on Twitter, I shouldn't send them 20 DMs immediately? No, no, it doesn't work on Tinder, does not work on Twitter. (laughs) Just saying. I'm just doing everything wrong. Yeah, told you. So overall, I think that sounds like a success. So what do you think you might do going forward with, with the ad campaign that you've started? Like, do you feel inspired to do more with what you have or like what what are you thinking i don't think it's been running quite long enough to make any big decisions about how useful it will be going forward you know as we talked about last week the campaign on twitter to get more followers is very affordable like i I think i'll just kind of leave it running indefinitely and then i'll just kind of get a feel for when i do 
put posts up, I'll see, you know, are they getting more engagement? Am I getting more likes? Am I getting more retweets? And see if it's helping. That makes good sense. And, you know, like for the for the follower campaigns, because I've never done Twitter ads or anything. And I'm intrigued because you, you did mention this, like both, uh, both you and, and your business partner, Nathan, mentioned that you've done Twitter ads to positive effect. Uh-huh. So... That's, I, I find that really interesting because I, I never would have bothered to, you know, put that out there. So I guess with the Twitter ads, are they simpler to set up and what are the key areas that you set up for the ads? I guess that they're simpler in that Twitter has a lot less data on people yeah. than Facebook does. Okay. What Facebook knows about people is almost overwhelming. Yeah. You know, Twitter has less data. So you have less data points to try to kind of filter and target people by. So I guess in that sense, it's a little bit easier, but it's a pretty similar experience. And I have to say that all of these platforms have a pretty all-around rotten user experience for trying to set up an ad campaign. I have to tell you, Facebook ad manager is, <laughs> is oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, the whole just like yeah. business.facebook.com, the whole thing is just a nightmare. Yeah, it's it's, it's horrible. A, it's a pain in the ass to use. Yeah, pita for sure. Yeah, and I don't feel like you know Google's products. I don't feel like from a user experience point of view are much better. I haven't tried Instagram ads yet, but I think it's all through the Facebook Ads Manager now that yeah. Facebook owns Instagram. So I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if there's anywhere where you know it's just simple and straightforward and easy to set up an ad campaign. It's always kind of a hassle. Yeah, so I mean, I think the lessons learned from this is do keep it small, keep it doable. <laughs> don't don't be like me. But but I will say again, as we were talking here, I did manage to unlock my Facebook account, and it looks like I can publish my ads in in a bit. So so at least I was able to kind of take this big thing that was kind of not set up properly and set it up properly. So I would call that a small one. That's definitely a small win, and I'm glad that you were able to work on something that you've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, yeah, same. For this week's challenge, Natalie, why don't you tell us what the challenge is? The challenge this week is to do some competitor analysis. Competitor analysis. (laughs) So, uh, why the heck do we or should we care about our competitors and i mean should, do we even have competitors Natalie? as long as your clients or customers have another option that they could go to for the product or service they're getting from you you have competitors bam <laughs> that's a good way to put that so so doing competitor research i feel is often overlooked and there's a lot of things that you can do there. There's a lot of things that I'll talk clients through in trying to work up campaigns, especially that, that are content marketing related. Like, what, what's the competition doing well that we can emulate or, or find a way to make work for us? Or, you know, what are they doing poorly? Like, what are the missed opportunities? So and That you can do better. That, that, yeah, that we can absolutely do better. And you never know. Like, you, you find all sorts of weird things out. So what are some other benefits to, to doing competitor analysis, competitor research, uh, opposition to... research? 
If you have to write a business plan to get like a business loan or to get VC funding or whatever, this has to be part of it. Yep. I mean, usually the first thing that you're going to do, right, is you're going to is you're going to take a look at you're going to do some sort of web search. You're, you're going to do a Google search or something like that for the product or service that you're selling, just to see mm-hmm. what comes up. Now, for you and I, we both do a lot of WordPress-related stuff. Website stuff. Website yeah. stuff. So there's a lot of competition for that. We're, since we're not strictly local, like locality-based. Yeah, we could do work for anyone around the world. Yeah, so our competition theoretically is higher. You know, like there's a lot more that we have to deal with and whatnot in terms of competition. And I think for us, it, it kind of becomes important to be that be on our game if we're if we're trying to bump up our organic traffic but anyway i don't want to go too far down that (laughs) that seo rabbit hole there yeah so but but researching websites is usually the first step right yeah want to look around see who you're competing with or maybe you already know of some people or not people i guess necessarily but other companies um, who are in your space, yep. serving a similar target audience, offering a sim- similar offering product or service, and you just want to be a little secret agent. A secret agent, a secret agent. <laughs> so do a little super spy work. When you're when you're doing a Google search, one of the, one of the things that that I would recommend there is doing it in a private browser session. In in Chrome, they call it an incognito window. Firefox and Safari have browser, uh, private browser sessions and tabs too. The reason why that's important is because when you're searching, that search query is not subjected to your previous search history. So it's not, so the algorithms that are returning the results aren't affected by what you've been doing uh, in terms of search or anything. So that's, I would say is absolutely necessary because, you know, if, if you do a personal search uh, for a keyword that's related to yours and it's like, oh, hey, my website's like first up and it's because you always visit the thing. So right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Google's like, oh, you must be looking for yourself. And it's like, that's pretty deep, but no, not quite. Uh, so that's an important thing to, to keep in mind. So I think the first thing you want to do is make a list of some competitors. You don't want it to be too long. Three. Three? I would, since if you're doing it manually and... We're all about yeah, keeping we're things be doing doable. Yeah. yeah, keeping it doable. Three. So pick three people. Three. three. <laughs> I keep saying yeah. people. Well, companies. Three, three competitors. Three competitors. Three competitors. Yeah. So three competitors, you, you may feel inclined to pick like the most visible one, like a national brand or something. My, my personal opinion is don't. <laughs> like pick someone who is closer to your level or... About the same size business? Uh, about the same size, maybe a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, there's still benefit to seeing in, in taking a look at what the big guns are doing, but I, I would advise finding a similar size company or maybe one that's just a few steps ahead, if you will. Yeah, that makes sense. So you got your list. And the first thing I'm going to do is the easy thing to do. Take a look online. Look at their website. Look at their social media. And poke around. Look for stuff like how great is the photography on their site, especially if it's it's selling products. Like how great is the the product photography? uh, What kind of information are they offering about products, like product descriptions and things like that? Do you see anywhere where they're trying to build an email list? 
Did yeah. they get one of those annoying pop-ups that want you to subscribe? <laughs> Do yeah. they have it more subtle, like down in the footer? Are they offering a freebie in exchange for signing up? Do they have social media icons listed somewhere on the page? Does their site work on your phone or your tablet? Right. How easy does it look to get in touch with them? Like Absolutely. Is there a phone number, an email address, or just a contact form? You know, what are they offering? Contact options. Just really quick. Uh, so I was listening to the the Smart Passive Income podcast today. They were doing like an agency scaling episode today, and one of the interesting takeaways I had from it is the guest on there, Mike Swank, I think is his name. He said that for his agency site, they they ditched the contact form and replaced it with a Facebook chat module or something like that. Yeah, and he was a big fan of it, or he has been a big fan of it, because it it lets him and his team be a little more interactive with Mm -hmm. folks, and and I'm considering that. I'm considering making that change, too. And, you know, just like, you know, having a contact page, like a form, or just having like a little chat bot of some some sort, whether it's a Facebook bot or or chat module or, or an actual bot... I, I would say keep it personal. Don't do a bot. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. And so when you're in the site, take a look at what the language is that's being used. And initially in that first page of results, and I'm not talking about the ads. Go by the ads. I mean, the, the ads can provide value too, but look at like the, the titles and the descriptions to see what similar keywords are being returned. Uh-huh. And you may find that there's stuff that maybe you're not using that you should be using. Interesting. That's that's a big thing right there. So I would highly recommend that. Nice. We also want to kind of get a feel for what are they saying sets them apart from everyone else? Like how are they positioning themselves? Are they the lowest price or the highest quality? Or, you know, is it something else, some other unique aspect of their offering? Well, and, and to flip that on its head too, maybe... Maybe you don't want to talk about yourself. Maybe you want to talk about your your customer. Maybe you want to say, well, here's how we help you. Or just simply asking the question, are you someone, think about your customers, right? Like think about the people who buy from you and ask, are you a business that needs this? Are you a business that needs this? If you're able to help people based on a few different questions, help them get there. Like help them, like help them self-select and get to where they're going. So don't be the obnoxious person at the party who starts every sentence with I. Right. I feel that's directed at me. No. A little bit. No. Entirely. No. I totally do no. that. And that's why I'm awesome <laughs> at networking. That's okay. I don't, mind, I don't mind your low key trolling now. See if they have a newsletter. Maybe sign up for it to get a few... A few samples, see if they are emailing their newsletter or if they're just ignoring it, like some of us might be doing. Do they have a blog? How often do they post on the blog? What kinds of content are they posting on their blog? Look at their social media accounts. Again, like how often are they posting? What kinds of things are they posting? Are they putting up videos, photos, um, inspirational things? Like what kinds of stuff are they doing? Is it direct sales stuff or is it more helping and building audience stuff? Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's excellent too because it just helps knowing how your competition is able to connect to their customer base, and just because they are doing something doesn't mean you have to do it. It's just understanding what that landscape looks like, what people are doing, 
And maybe you find that you do have time to do a couple things. Like, you know, I've been thinking of doing like short videos on a weekly basis, just like a short, you know, just cupcake vlogging. A, a cupcake is nice. Is that a, is that a thing or did you make up that term? I, I think I made it up. Okay. Well, it in the the, the con <laughs> the concept. I've never of it, heard it before. Well, no, the, the but the concept is like a cupcake is nice, right? It, it's small, it's edible, it's boom. It's just, like a personal cake. It, it's <laughs> it's a it's a personal cake that you can just finish off in one sitting, and that's kind of how I, I think about certain types of content, whether it's blogs or especially videos. Like you can keep it very specific, like. Here's here's my top tip this week. Don't get locked into your Facebook account because it'll piss you the <laughs> fuck off. And you won't be able to stop thinking about it, even when you're doing the podcast. The end. The end. Cupcake vlogging. Anyway, but you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Next, do you want to look at their pricing? Oh, yeah. Which can be tricky if it's a service business because service it, businesses aren't always up front. Well, I have to tell you, you're absolutely right. Earlier this year, you know, as you know, I, I took on a marketing intern, okay. uh, Cassandra, who is great. Um, one of the very first things I had her do was some competitor analysis. Nice. And I had her start reaching out to local development agencies and digital marketing agencies and doing the awful thing of saying, hey, I need a website, and not really needing it, but <gasps> to, <laughs> to, to get pricing. And, and the thing is, is like, this industry is so protective of pricing. So a lot of times, the agency can kind of detect, they can detect if something seems solid. So yeah, I can tell somebody's just price fishing. Yeah, I found that of the like 10 or so that we ended up doing, I'd say like less than half got back to us on pricing if they mm -hmm. got back to us at all. But yeah, through that process, we were able to determine, okay, well, you know, this is about what people are pricing and we're a little bit north of that, so that's good. And it gave us some good information. Other times it'll be easier. If it's yeah. a product, the price is probably right there. Yeah, well, and what else should you do if you see the pricing? Purchase the product. You should purchase the product? I think so. Why? How you do your business, whether you're brick and mortar or digital or, or something else, like there, there's a complete uh, life cycle to the, yeah. to the customer experience. The, the point that they find you, the point that they find what they're looking for, that they make the decision to make the purchase, give you their information, and then they wait for the product. Like there's a life cycle around that. And... It's important to be on top of every aspect of your business. And so too in or this competitive research, not only do we want to look at what people are doing on their website, but we want to look how, at how they're operating. How, how are they handling you know, their business? Like how are they handling the customer experience? Like when you, when you order something from your competitor, like how does it make you feel? Oh, interesting. You know, it, are there things that you could be incorporating that you haven't thought about? Mm-hmm. You know? So there, there's that whole other aspect to it, too. Like, do they send it in a smushed box? Yeah. Or <laughs> or is it, like, some fancy, nice box that comes with, like, a handwritten letter of, of thanks? Like, that's nice. I've gotten yeah. a few of those. Yeah. Every once in a while when you order something, it comes in, like, a lovely package. Yeah. So I think... 
I think that that's definitely another thing worth doing there is purchasing your 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 customers' products. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, harder to do with services. Yeah, they, so it depends on your business. Depends on your business. There, there's obviously a few different ways to go about that. You can see what kind of reviews they have. Oh, you can go to Yelp if you're an evil person. I'm kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I take that back. I love Yelp. If you use Yelp, you're not evil. Yelp is not evil. Yelp is evil. Yelp is not evil. Look, we're not going to go there. Maybe Yelp can be the punching bag. Oh, man. If ever there was a, if ever there was a platform that was intended to be your punching bag, it's Yelp. Okay. It's Yelp. It's red. It, it induces it anger. Is. It is. It's very like just. I mean, you think Facebook's bad? No, Yelp was there first. Yelp is the original punching bag king. Anyway. Anyway. But but looking at reviews, like, uh, what can the reviews tell us about our competition? What do you think? How well they're doing. How well they're doing. If people are happy with the services, the products, and that. Maybe they're, if they have a lot of reviews, how do they have so many reviews? How are they doing Are that? they real? Are they, well, are <laughs> they real? But, but also that indicates that, hey, they're asking. They're asking for those reviews. So, so, you know, maybe the competition's doing something that inspires us to change our processes. Like after we make that sale or we deliver on a project, here's a thing that we can do to maybe ask mm-hmm. for, for that review, which as you recall, was one of our challenges. Yes. Yes, it was. Ask for a review. Or a, re- or a referral. Can, can we sidetrack to a review story for a second? Yes. Yes, we can. Well, this week, Nathan and I were chatting with one of our customers for Simply Schedule Appointments. Mm-hmm. And he was very happy with um, a feature that we added. Yeah. And so I said, Nathan, ask him for a review. Yeah. So Nathan asked him for a review, and he said, oh, I don't have an account. But that customer went and set up an account just to write us a review. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, since you sidetracked us here, I'm going to sidetrack us yet again. <laughs> you know, we, we had a challenge where we asked for feedback. Mm-hmm. And Last week. Yes. And uh, some of those appointments have been coming through this week. I've gotten some really good feedback. You know, like everyone basically says I send too much email. Oh, really? Like, hmm. well, too many invoice-related emails, I guess, oh. for, for like retainer clients. And I automate that. I and see. I guess I should try to find a way to maybe not be so cutesy mm-hmm. with that and maybe just schedule them to be like draft invoices and then just manually send them all on the first of the month or something like that. Oh, maybe. It, but it, everyone said that. But the other thing that other people said about email is uh, so far three of my clients were like, I really like your newsletter. Nice. So, you know, the, the newsletter doesn't come out super often, but they they like seeing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, and that's kind of a surprise because, you know, like when you're sending out a newsletter, it can either feel very salesy or, or very vain. Yes. And in a, I'm hyper aware of these things because, you know, I'm not trying to sell my, my clients. It, I mean, unless there's something I'm really trying to sell them on. I'm not trying to sell unless I'm trying to sell um, but you know, more than anything, I, I want to make sure that it's a resource, but you know, this last one, it, anyway, people very much appreciated that 
they, they appreciated the tips that were in the the, the newsletters mm-hmm. and then the content, which I was surprised to hear. So thanks, lovely, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I think we're ending on a high note. But uh, are there any other competitor research related things that we should throw out into the universe before we do our sign off? Well, I found this a couple of these really fun tips from an article on Intuit.com. Oh, okay. One was figure out how long your competitors have been in business. Interesting. And how would they do that? Well, if they are a relatively newer business, like the kind a business new enough that setting up a website would have been one of the first things they did. Ah, okay. Which, I don't know, less than 20 years old. <laughs> you can do a who is lookup to look ah. up information on their domain name and see how long it's been registered. Yeah, if you do like a Google search for who is, like there, there's a couple of top search results. Like I would do the ICANN, like whois.icann.org. Mm-hmm. Some some of the whois searches can be kind of addy, ad, yes. ad clicky, clickbaity. With a lot of retargeting. Yeah, with a lot of retargeting, <laughs> which is not to say that the ICANN one doesn't do that. It, it just seems the least annoying. But if there's better options there, we'd love to know what they are. So please yeah, share. I've always had good luck with the ICANN one. And that can tell you, if nothing else, how long they've had a website up. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an excellent point. Um, check and see if they're hiring. Ew. Why, why, why do we care if they're hiring? It could indicate that they're growing. Ah, yes. That's, that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See if they are looking for any kind of funding. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. It, they're looking for funding. They're trying to expand. They're, they they're, got something in the works. They got something in the works, <laughs> and they, they, they need a little bit of money to get that ball rolling down the hill, or up the hill, up the hill, yeah, up the hill, right? Whatever. And then also Google Alerts, which is one of my favorite things in the world. I love a Google Alert. Damn it to shit. I always <laughs> forget that I set up Google Alerts. And it just makes me so mad that I always forget this. Oh, I, I sign up to get them in RSS, so then they're just in my RSS reader every day. I don't have an RSS reader that I use anymore. Oh. Like, I canceled my Feedly. Oh, why? I love Feedly. I like it, too, but I just wasn't using it. Oh, I use mine every day. Yeah, I guess maybe I should get in the habit of doing so that. Just, and just... You can have Google Alerts sent to your email, but I find that, like... I'm just not in the right mindset when I'm going through my email. Yeah. You know, in my emails, I'm looking to answer people. I'm not really looking for news. I would kind of just breeze past them if I sent them to my email. But when I'm in my feed reader, then I'm in the mood for reading stuff and catching up on stuff. I just send them to an RSS feed and then pick them up in my reader every day. And depending on the alert, you you have a lot of control over it. You can say just the really good ones or all of them. You can narrow it down to things just in English, things just in the United States. Like yeah. you can control it a lot. If it's if you set one up and it's too much, just go back and adjust the setting. Yeah. Okay. But so, you know, somewhere between maybe twenty and fifty articles a day, uh, depending on the topic that you're searching for. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And you could put it. You could put your competitor's business name as a search alert, and then you'll get notified anytime someone mentions them. That is evil genius. I know. It's a good way to kind of keep a, keep tabs on what your competitors are up to. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of that. That's a good idea. And 
that really, you know, so I'm going to do some kind of competitive research, but I'm going to make that feed reader like a useful thing and do the Google alert. You should definitely subscribe. I've got Google alerts out there that I just yeah, don't just check. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a really good tip. I feel like I learned a few things. I feel like I learned a few things. I feel like we learned a few things. Oh, we did. Yeah. Did you learn something, I also dear feel listeners? A little less cranky. <sighs> so do I. I'm sorry that I cussed a lot earlier. I think they're used to it. I was just extra hyper pissed. Yeah. It, it's been a challenging kind of day for both of us, I think. I think it's been that kind of week, you know? It, it just. Yeah. You, you ever feel like. You're just kind of, like, white-knuckling it, like, the entire week, just, like, trying to get through stuff, and you're like, I feel like I, like, I'm a pressure cooker that needs to be, like, have have that release valve. If I was a woo-woo kind of person, I would say that Mars is in retrograde. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that means. Do you believe in Mars retrograde? No. Oh, no, it is. What? Until next week. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> it means, like, with the position of all the planets and everything that Mars will look like, it's going backwards. It appears to be going backwards, and I'm not super into astrology and things, but from what I understand, when Mars is in retrograde, it just, like, sows chaos throughout the world. I definitely feel like something like that's happening to me, for <laughs> sure. Like, today has been an ultimately just shit day. <laughs> and if it were a person, I would just headbutt it right in the stomach. Yeah, like, except Mars has been in retrograde for, like, almost two months already. Tracks. Honestly, it tracks. It tracks? All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Well, I get it. Maybe you can say you believe in astrology. Maybe. Well, uh, so the challenge, again, folks, do some competitor research. Keep it doable. Keep it to around three uh, competitors. Three competitors. Uh, you know, and if you find some other stuff that you can do to kind of track them. Personally, I'm going to make sure to set up a Google alert and send it to a feed reader uh, that is on my phone, and I will get alerts for those. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. And Natalie, um, if people wanted to follow us on the internet, how for the, some reason, how the fuck would they do that? They would go to our website, doweeklypodcast.com. From there, they could find our social media accounts yeah. at doweeklypodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And they could also find where to subscribe to the podcast, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, the new Google Podcast, TuneIn Radio, and anywhere else that you listen to the very best podcasts in the world. That's a really good point now. Along with contact information for you and I, just in case they feel like they need to get in touch with us. And how might they do that? Maybe via email or something? Yeah, I'm Natalie at doweeklypodcast.com, and you're Alex. I Actually, I'm Meaty Fist Hammer. No, you're not. I'm just Alex. And I'm not setting up that redirect either. <laughs> I am just Alex at doweeklypodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, just in case you want to tell us something. Yeah, is there anything else you wanted to say to me, like an apology or something like that? No, I'm good. Oh, man, that hurts. For the Do Weekly Podcast, 
I'm Alex Vasquez. And I'm Natalie MacLeese. And uh, remember to keep it doable, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. I tell you what, fuck socks. That's why. Socks? Look, I'm sick of this shit every damn time. What have you got against socks? I got nothing against socks. Okay, all right.